This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and I want to tell you a little bit about the Soul of Business podcast. Why is it called the Soul of Business, number one? But then uh, after I've done that, I'm going to introduce you to one of the most fascinating people I know, and I've known him a long time, and he truly is one of the most fascinating people I have ever met. Uh, so with that little teaser, let me just jump quickly into the introduction here. Um, it's my bias that business is the most pervasive force on the planet today. I mean, there's literally nothing on this planet that is not touched by the activities of business. And as a consequence of that, it's also my bias that business has a moral obligation, literally a moral obligation, to act as the steward of the planet. And I mean the planet not just from a geographic and a physical perspective, but steward of all life on the planet. You know, everything is touched by business. Um, and the purpose of business, as far as I can tell, and it's gotten polluted and it's gotten uh, kind of uh, gerrymandered a bit here in one sense. The purpose of business is not to make a profit. The purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. And if businesses are doing that well, they are going to be making money. They can't not. And that definition of the purpose of business begins to change the value proposition. Is your product, is your service, is your offering designed in a way that it uplifts the experience of being alive? That's where the soul of business comes in. And when the soul of business is being accessed, by definition, we're accessing the spirit that informs everything else on this planet. Uh, it's all connected. Everything is connected. So this podcast, The Soul of Business, invites guests from business, invites guests from walks of life that are doing some extraordinary things in terms of keeping things connected, keeping things alive. That's the very colloquial way of thinking about this. And I'm very excited to bring to you some, I think, fascinating guests that you probably wouldn't get an opportunity to hear uh, unless you were tuning into something like this. Um, that being said, I do want to introduce you today to, like I said, one of the most fascinating men I know, uh, a fellow by the name of Martin Root. And a little bit about Martin, and then I will bring him on screen. <clears throat> Uh, I first met Martin, oh goodness, about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, he and I, and this is full disclosure, he and I are members in a group called the Transformational Leadership Council. And it's called Transformational for a reason, and it's also called the Leadership Council for a reason. Leadership is the activity of co-creating coordinated movement in a system that produces desired results. And it's that aspect of co-creation that begins to tap into the spirit of business, the soul of a business. So um, 
Martin uh, just currently is the founder, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, uh, Project Heaven on Earth, which uh, I think you're going to be very intrigued to uh, find out a little bit more about. Uh, he's a, a writer. He's a co-author, actually, of the New York Times bestselling um, Chicken Soup of the Soul at Work. He's been translated over 20 languages, and uh, he's sold over a million, one point, you know, 1.1 million copies of the book. I mean, that's a pretty significant number. A million copies of any book is a big deal. A um, <clears throat> couple of things that I think are fascinating about him. For uh, about 15 years, he's been exploring people's visions for the kind of world they deeply long for. And that actually generated what he's currently working on called Project Heaven on Earth. But what's also interesting is uh, back in the 80s, he was one of the first, if not the first, to begin to look at the nature of spirituality in work. And we're going to start our conversation today with a focus around just how that came into being for him. And over the course, we'll, we'll end up actually, I'm going to invite Martin back uh, for another conversation, um, because I got a hunch that we're going to be spending a fair amount of time you know, really exploring this. Uh, he's worked with corporations around the world, um, Sony Pictures, Southern Cal Edison, Virgin Records, Apple Computer, and I, I could go on and on. Uh, he was the first Canadian to address the Corporate Leadership and Ethics Forum at the Harvard Business School, and he came back for four consecutive years as the keynote speaker of that particular uh, conference. Um, twice addressed the American uh, and Canadian Chambers of Congress in Hong Kong, um, past uh, chair and co-founder of the Center for Spirituality and the Workplace at the Sobe School of Business. So his uh, resume could go on and on and on, and I don't want to take up 90% of our time just introducing him. So I'm just going to uh, welcome him, and we'll have a conversation that I hope you find as fascinating as I have found my time with him. So Martin Root, welcome to the Soul of Business. Blaine, thank you. And thank you for the title of this, The Soul of Business. That's a, it's a fabulous title, really gets at, <clears throat> gets at it. And uh, a conversation about spirituality and work, that's yeah. what this is about. So shall we start where I started? I think that's a, that, that topic is a perfect place to jump into uh, this whole notion. Yeah. How did you come, I mean, this goes back, if I'm correctly remembering this, back to the 80s, right? Right. So was... That's pretty nascent in terms of you know, the conversation because that wasn't something that, you know, I was consulting back then all over the world, but spirituality was not something that got talked about in the world. No, 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 no. Uh, so I ran a, a management uh, training and development company in Toronto. I'm Canadian and U.S. Abdul, but born and raised in, in Canada. And uh, as you said in your introduction, I had spoken at Harvard uh, and I came back from one of the meetings there and, I'd also spoken uh, in Hong Kong, <coughs> excuse me, at a meeting, as you said, of the American and Canadian Chambers of Commerce. And I went into a funk, Blaine, and I, I didn't know what it was about. It, it was like, you know, in, in carpentry, they have tongue and groove, and yeah. it's just, it was a part. So I looked externally, I looked in my life, I looked at my wife, my relationship with her, no problems there. I mean, I love her. Uh, was it my work? No, I loved my work. I loved we were doing trainings on getting people in touch with their vision and operating, uh, producing results beyond what they believe possible and working with corporate clients. 
but there was this gnawing, something wasn't right. And, and I didn't know what it was. I ended up at a Mo uh, Augustinian monastery north of Toronto. I'm Jewish, so why was I at a, at a monastery? <laughs> Everybody asks that because there are no monasteries in Judaism. Um, so I wanted some time just to reflect and be quiet. Sunday morning comes, I'm at the back of the church, they're having mass, and I mean, I'm, I'm sitting, but I'm not participating, not being a Catholic. And all of a sudden, this thought pops into my mind, it's about God. And these two pieces of wood just went bang. And this, now remember, this is in the mid 80s in Toronto. And I thought, that's it. So I go, that's what's missing. I go back to my, the people who work for me. You know, I want to talk about God, spirituality work. No, are you crazy? You'll lose your reputation. People will think you're proselytizing. Um, my wife, my colleagues, you know, no, 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 no. Everybody in Toronto, no. That summer I go to LA, meet with some people with our mutual friend, Jack Canfield, some other people. And I said, you know, I've got this notion, this idea about spirituality and work. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. No, no, no. I said spirituality and work. Yeah, no. <laughs> we heard you, we heard you, go for it. No, 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 but I said spiritual. <laughs> so what was fascinating was everybody in Toronto said, no, you can't do it. Yeah. Everybody in LA said, yes, go for it. And that's when the penny dropped because I saw that the issue was that I was afraid of your reaction were I to bring up the phrase spirituality and work. And once I saw that it was my fear, I went, Oh, that's not going to be the determining factor here. I got I to gotta get into this. So go back to Toronto. I want to talk about spirituality. Same reaction. No, 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 no. But my head was now in a different place. And I said, well, wait a minute. <clears throat> number, number one, I have not defined spirituality. Mm -hmm. And number two, I'm not asking you for anything. I'm saying I want to talk about it. No, no, you can't. Use other words. Use uh, integrity or vision. Or, and I said, but there's no integrity in using the word integrity if that's not what I'm talking about. No, you can't use it. You can't. So why can't I use it? And what I saw, Blaine, was the fear that I was going to proselytize a yeah. particular point of religious dogma, right. which was not true. Jews don't proselytize it's not part of I, except with other jews but <laughs> so i said but wait a minute this is not true you know this is my inquiry it has nothing to do with you i'm just asking you no no you can't you can't so i knew that i had to break through that log jam and then one day the penny dropped and i saw that the issue the basis of their fear was that i was going to proselytize Mm -hmm. And the basis of proselytizing is that I know what spirituality is, you don't, and I'm going to shove this definition, mine, down your throat. Yeah. They kept saying that over and over, <laughs> even though it wasn't true. So I knew I had to get around it. So if spirituality and work lives as answer, and you're afraid of that, what if we switched it? What if we said spirituality living as inquiry, as question? Yeah. And, and the way I made the bridge was, <clears throat> look, you're a business person. Every day at business, you ask the following question. How can I make my business more successful? And when you come up with an answer, you don't stop asking the question. You continue asking the question because it's in the ongoing asking inquiry 
that the field broadens and deepens. And, and uh, so I'll just stop there because that was the first breakthrough that spiritual, spirituality has to live as inquiry, yes. not as proselytizing, not as answer. And you know, that, that notion of uh, inquiry, uh, and it lives, you know, the, the, uh, the idea of a living question Yes. Yeah, suggests that there's not an answer that stops the growth of the question. It's, it's an emergence that, it, that begins to occur. I'm also struck <clears throat> by the wrestling that you did with the predisposition that uh, tends, tends to occur when spirituality is first brought into the conversation because there's an equivalency between spirituality and religious dogma. Uh, not, let me be more precise. There, there is an assumption that if I'm coming at it from a religious point of view, that I'm going to try and impose it on you. It's, mm-hmm. it's the imposition that's the issue, not that I'm religious or not. Okay. And, and let me just, a second point. Yeah, please. That there, for some people, spirituality does live as spirituality. For others, it lives as religion. And for me... I don't care which one you do, if, if either one is true for you. Mm-hmm. The issue is that you don't impose it on someone else. It's, it's like me saying to you, look, I really believe in bank robbing because there's so much money there. Come on, you know, buy, rob a bank with me, rob a bank. It's so lucrative. And you would go, what? Are you nuts? But if someone tries to impose a religious point of view, people, they, they, they revert to childhood. It's yeah. like they, they can't say, no, I understand you want me to become, you know, this particular religion. And my answer is no. That's very yeah. mature attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, it's interesting that you raise this because when I was casting the, uh, the name for this uh, podcast, The Soul of Business, and actually it's the tagline of uh, my last book, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. <clears throat> and when I was working with that tagline, you know, I had a couple of publishers that were going, you, you can't go there with that. And I'm going, well, you know, compassion is what this is about. And compassion is predicated on connection and connection is rooted in spirit. So how can I not go there? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not doable. Well, uh, let, me, let me, let me address that because, 25, 30 years ago, Blaine, what was acceptable conversation in the workplace? Uh, marketing, profitability, uh, career development. And then, you know, personally, career development was as far as we could go. And then we had other issues come in. I'm gay. I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm a drug abuser. I'm an alcoholic. Each time one of those came, oh, you can't talk about that because it would be disruptive to the enterprise. But you notice that for each of those issues, we've found ways to talk about them that are useful both for the individual and the enterprise. And in the same way, I'm saying that for spirituality and work, it's a conversation that a lot of people want to have. They can have it at home, they can have it in places of worship, but work has been offline somehow, as though, I can come into work, but I have to leave my soul at the door. And especially with millennials now, that is no longer acceptable. Not working. Not working. So how do we bring that conversation in, which is what this is about, you and I and others, in a way that's useful for both me individual and us enterprise? 
absolutely. That's it, meaning is yeah. And it's interesting you bring in the millennial uh, cohort around this. Uh, yeah, most some of the some of the data that's out right now, polling data suggests that millennials by and large will stay about three years at max in a job, unless there's something present around meaning. Yes. yes. You can dangle a big cash carrot, and if it's not meaningful to be there, they're not going to they're not going to work with it. And spirit, as far as I can tell, the soul of anything is about aliveness, and aliveness thrives when meaning is present. It's, it's for the sake of what am I? What for the sake of what am I emerging? For the sake of what am I here? Yeah, that's a meaning question, and it's an emergent question. Yeah, I've um, spent, as you have, years uh, working around the notion of purpose and vision as the uber uh, objective you know, when I'm working with clients and, and organizations. And I really, a long time ago, came to realize that there's not a purpose, a single purpose. There's an emergent purpose. And this goes back to the notion of a living question. And spirit you know, the soul of business is, is, is continuously emerging. When, when an organization is founded, it's founded on, in part, uh, this idea that gave life to, and, and you watch a founder's eyes, they just light up when they're talking about it. It's kind of like, oh, this is juicy. I can't wait to do this. Yeah. And the first staff hires get captured by that exuberance, by that vitality, by that, you know, joie de vie. And the customers get captured by it. And there's a business that gets developed to deliver the product or the service. And at some point in the life cycle, the business becomes more important than the mission. And that's where a lid starts to get clamped on top of the spirit and the soul. And as you mentioned, you know, when people come to work, they kind of check their soul at the door because soul doesn't exist in the environment any longer. And it's kind of, it feels out of place. So I'll just go along to get along. And then I go home and, start to come alive again. I want people to be alive at work. Yep. There's, do you know the phrase discretionary energy? Yeah. So I think it's important to, to speak about this, that so um, I hire you to do ABC and I, I, I say, you know, I'll pay you X for that and we both agree on all that. In addition to that contract, you have what's called discretionary energy in which you can or cannot put that energy that you have outside and above the contract into the workspace. How do we unlock that? That's what a key is for me. That's that's one of the benefits that this gets at. It unlocks discretionary energy. People yeah. want to naturally, organically contribute greater than what they've been hired for. And that's where, I mean, when you look at what I consider to be the holy grail of just about every company today, it's, it's employee engagement. How do we get emotional engagement? And that's discretionary energy. Yep. People hold their emotions in check at work because there's no meaning in what they're doing. Yeah, I get a paycheck, but that's not the same thing. And they've got this vast reservoir of energy that could be, if, if tapped into, you know, if you tap into the soul, you know, what I call the soul here, you tap into aliveness. And, and, you, and, and but energy is abundant in the universe unless exactly. I put a lid on it. Exactly. It's an unending supply of energy. Yeah. So let, let me go back if I may to, so, <clears throat> so I got this insight, right? That yeah. what I want to talk to you about is spirituality work. Again, people are saying, no, no, no. But now I'm flipped and I see that it's your issue. And so how I began was to say, look, let's do this inquiry. If you choose, 
and you do not have to choose. It's a complete choice, which is very freeing for people about what <clears throat> spirituality and work is. And I can remember doing this, this uh, talk at a, well, just a company up in the Northwest. And uh, I went around the room and I said, you know, tell me about spirituality. What is it for you? Well, you know, it's love, it's, it's uh, integrity, it's service, it's, it's this, it's getting along with your fellow employees, it's respect. Then one woman says, <clears throat> it's better drinks in the drinks dispenser. And then, you know, love and so on. And I, I go back to her and I say, I don't, I, help me explain here. Why better drinks in the, what is that? I don't understand. Well, it's obvious. If people are drinking junk, junk drinks, right? Their body is not going to be a healthy place for the soul. So we need to have healthy drinks in the drinks dispenser. So the body is healthy. So the soul has more place to, to express itself. And I never forgot that, Blaine, because what she taught me was if I came in with the definition of what spirit at work is or what spirituality at work is, if you agree with me, end of discussion. If you disagree with me, really end of discussion. That's going to go nowhere. If, however, I evoked what it is from you and you began, you stuck your foot in the water in a way that was meaningful to you, no matter how tiny, then we begun this conversation. So stage one was it had to be safe, per permissible for you to have this conversation. That was the first thing I discovered. And it had to be around choice, right? Because I said to people, you don't want to, you don't want to. The second one question I began after a couple of years to notice, well, how do we do this? How, what do, I don't know. How do we do this? How do we do this? And at that point, I had no answers. I said, I, I don't know. Start where you are. I mean, if, there, if there's spirit present, do something to make more of it. If it's not present, clean it up in some way. And then we started to have people come with examples. I remember one woman did this workplace alters study in her workplace. She went around to people and said, like, just between you and I, is there something spiritual that you have here? And people would open their drawer. There would be a Bible or a cross or a, you know, daily word or whatever. And she saw how prevalent it was but how people were not talking about it. And so she wanted, she wanted to bring that out. So I began to look at what are the levers here? So some of the things I got involved with was, uh, were uh, conferences. Mm -hmm. I was involved with a guy here, God rest his soul here in Santa Fe, Jim, um, oh, I forgot his name, Jim, uh, <laughs> I forgot his name. Anyway, he did these, these conferences in Mexico the first time ever. And I remember there was a guy once from McKinsey, a very senior guy at McKinsey. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, look, the, the advances in the last 20 years in business has been about technology. The advances in the next 20 years will be about spirit. He saw that yeah. like 20 years ago. It was amazing. Um, and so then this other, I kept looking for what I call the levers that would move it forward. So lots of press in the business press not in the arts or religious press, in the business press, make that comfortable, acceptable, permissible conversation. And then we started this center at the university, uh, St. Mary's University in Halifax, Canada. Um, I had this idea of doing a center and I was talking to this guy there and they were looking at something and I said, I wanna do a center on spirituality and work. So he said, Could we, the Dean said, could we not talk about values and work? And I said, no because that's not what it's about. It's about spirituality. And thank God, Al Mikiak, he said, all right, let's do it. So we set up, as far as I, well, it was the first center 
for spirituality in the workplace at a business school in Canada. We had a global mailing list. We brought speakers in. We had uh, students doing PhDs. I remember one kid came in and said, I was going to do some management topic. And I just, I saw the title of the center and that was enough to get me going into spirituality. So all of that, there's now, there's conferences continuing, but there's centers. Princeton has a center uh, for faith uh, and, and, and work uh, in the workplace. Um, where's the, the uh, uh, in Arkansas, Fayetteville University of Arkansas has the Tyson School Center for Faith and Spirituality, combining both religion and spirituality, which I thought was brilliant. And there's also a journal, get this, the, did you know this, the Journal of Management, Spirituality and Religion? Yes. You know, okay. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. That's an academic journal that begun. So all of that to say this movement, this evolution of business, with a better way to say it, is now at such a level that I think you can do this podcast and people don't go as crazy with the word spirit or spirituality in the workplace. Yeah. Martin, that's beautiful. I, I love that. And I love the history that you bring into it because, you know, for me, I mean, I started similar to your journey, you know, back in the eighties, I started you know, looking around going, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't smell right. It doesn't taste right. Every organization I'm in seems to be toxic to the human spirit. It, it really, there was that toxicity where good word life would get squashed out or capped and then it just became dysfunctional. So, I, I have talked about this before, but you know, when my wife died about 10 years ago, that was the wake up call for me. And I, and I took about a year and a half literally off and looked around at my life, looked around at how I was organizing what I was doing. And, and I swear if I had to do another uh, consulting intervention that was organized specifically around increasing quarterly results, I was going to shoot somebody. <laughs> it wasn't going to work. And I was, the person I was going to shoot was probably going to be myself. Um, that just was not a starting place any longer. So this notion of there's something missing that needs to be brought to life, and it's missing not because it isn't present. It's missing Very good. because it's not allowed to flourish. And because we're not present to it. We exactly. don't give it, it permission. Very well said, Blaine. Yeah. So the idea that it is present, it can't not be present. Hello. <laughs> how do how do we access it? And in, in, in inquiry, I think, uh, is a brilliant starting place. It's not mechanistic. It's just simply an openness to an inquiry, and that, can, an appreciation that it can bring something totally unexpected that is generative in the process. So, two fundamental questions. Look, if people are watching this. Look in your workplace now. Where for you is spirit present or spirituality present? What simple little thing can you do, will you do, to encourage that to flourish more? And look at where it's not present. That's also, and for me, sometimes even more valuable. And look at one little thing. I mean, I'm talking one simple, tiny, tiny little thing that you will do to move that situation forward. Because what happens generally is when you say it's, as when you said it's toxic. Um, I, I remember a vice president of a company I dealt with once years ago said, I said, how's it going? He said, brutal. I mean, I, I never heard that word. What kind of a word is that to say? Brutal, whoa. So where it's not present, 
rather than being at the effect of it, being a victim of it, you can, by, by, by declaration, by saying, okay, it's no longer going to be this way because mm-hmm. I say so. And here's my first little step. And just take that little step, take that little step, take that little step. The ball will start rolling. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that begins to move us into, I think, a conversation that you're really engaged in today around creating heaven on earth. Yep. And uh, when we come back uh, in the next segment, I want to spend some time speaking directly to that because I know it's a pet, uh, and I don't want to use the word project, but it, it really is kind of your life's work at this point in time. It is. Yeah. So I want to uh, honor that, and I want to give you the time to really go into some detail around that because I think there is such a natural fit between what you're doing with Project Heaven on Earth and what I'm doing and what others like uh, both of us are doing to bring um, greater aliveness to the planet and aliveness in the sense of joy, uh, generativeness, generousness. I mean, I'll just you know make up some words here, but that whole with, yeah. with, wisdom, beauty, wisdom. play, laughter. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> we're not getting out of this alive, so we may as well enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, um, is there anything that, uh, and we will pick this up on the next segment, but I want to you know, make sure that you know, people have a way to get in touch with you and your work. So how would they go about doing that? On, that, on this side, they can go to martinroot.com. <clears throat> Root is R-U-T-T-E. So martinroot.com. Uh, and you can see all the stuff I'm, I, I, I'm doing. And I mean, I'd love to speak to you about spirituality and work. That's very close to my heart. Great. This is Blaine Bartlett, and you have been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, you can find out more about The Soul of Business by going to my website at blainebartlett.com or my company's website, uh, Avatar Resources, uh, which is a firm I founded back in uh, 1987. Uh, we do a lot of work in the area of compassionate capitalism. The website there is avatar, A-V-A-T-A-R, hyphen resources.com. So either blainebartlett.com or avatarresources.com. And next time we're together, uh, we will be rejoining uh, Martin Root, and we will be looking at Heaven on Earth. Project Heaven on Earth. Actually, a little plug for that, projectheavenonearth.com. More information there as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, Martin, and I look forward to talking with you on the next go-around. Thank you, sir. And folks, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, this conversation. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.